0: So glad to see y'all. My name is Andrew. We are kicking off a brand new series, as Jake said earlier, called Discover Your Shape. You know, um, as I was thinking through this, you know, th- throughout our lives, we, we deal with this thing that we call self-esteem, right? Self-esteem is really kind of my overall evaluation of my own personal value or worth. It's how I view myself. It's really how I feel about Myself. And I don't know how you describe your own self esteem. You know, maybe it's low, which means you don't think very highly or feel very good about yourself. And that can lead to all kinds of things like depression, you know, abuse in your life, those kind of things. Maybe you have a high or inflated self esteem, which can lead to. Narcissism, you know, being self-centered, or you know, sometimes that can lead to arrogance. All kinds of things. Maybe you have a strong self-esteem, which is, you know, you're secure, you're confident in in who you are. You know, there's a lot of factors that that play into or contribute to our self-esteem. It starts in our childhood and through all the environments, you know, as we're growing up and into adulthood, you know, but regardless if you've got a low or high or strong self-esteem, I think most of us can understand and relate to, you know, this idea of questioning our value and our worth, you know, especially as, as we're growing up and trying to figure out who we are, our place in this world, you know um you know for some it, this the struggle with our our self-esteem it it comes and goes for others I mean, maybe it's a constant battle is how you feel about yourself and how you view yourself you know so we have our, our self-esteem but then there's this whole other layer of you know how others see you or how others view you sometimes they they view you uh, or think more highly of you than you do of yourself. Sometimes they think less than you do. Uh, you know, last week we celebrated Mother's Day, and when I think about moms, you know, what's generally true for the most part about moms is they generally have they value you and view you higher than you view yourself, right? They always believe the best about you, generally speaking. Uh, moms do that, and, and I think I I think the older I get, the more I, I get that, the more I understand that. And especially every time I see a brand new baby. All right. So this week for the Tates was a busy week. This is always a busy week on the calendar year for us because we have Mother's Day. We have two of our kids, two of our four kids birthdays. It's our bookend. Children, our oldest and our youngest have their birthday this week. So all this stuff comes this, this week. And uh, you know, different pictures come across my timeline that have been, you know, from previous years, and there's one picture that came up this week, and I could put up any number of pictures of any of our kids. I love these newborn pictures, and I've been no—I've made this no secret that I think that, that newborn babies look like aliens, right? They're not— really cute. They're just weird looking. Uh, but there's this picture that came up this week that I don't remember taking. I don't remember seeing. But I took it the day after my daughter Blakeney was born. And I want you to see this picture. I've just been so captivated by this all week. And I keep going back to it. Um, and it's, you know, it's just, man, for me, I just keep looking at this picture because there's this moment. Whenever you see a newborn baby, whether it's your own or someone else's. Um, man there 's this this moment where you just look at this this newborn life and you go man this is this is a work of of art this is a work of God, like only a creator could fashion something this intricate and this beautiful and all the the wonder that comes with these moments, you know, and I, and I love this picture, I think, because of the vantage point here um, of, you know, just looking over my wife's shoulder and this moment of looking at this child and going, man, this is an amazing work of God. This is miraculous. And what, what kind of plans and what kind of things is, is this child going to experience over the course of her lifetime? What, what, what things are in store for her? And so I've just been so captivated by this picture and just the wonder that comes with, with this. You know, this, this new series that we're in, it's called Discover Your Shape, and it's intended to help us learn more about how God has put us together and how he wants to use us to bless others and how he wants to use us to, to serve others And so our goal is to to look at God's word and it's to look at ourselves and it's to understand more fully what I would call our divine design. The the fact that God has has put us together and then understanding that more, we can live joyfully within that design. Not trying to be someone else, uh, not trying to be who we think we're supposed to be, but being who God has designed us to be and settling into our skin and living joyfully as the person that God has created us to be, and my guess is that for any number of you, um, either here in the room or online man this this may still be a struggle is settling into your own skin of who God has, has made you to be, whether you're a teenager an adult, man, we all wrestle with this you know it's it's great to have positive self self esteem or to have strong self-esteem. It's And it's great if others think highly of you, but what is most important is to know and understand what God thinks of you and how God views you and how God feels about you. It's what I would call God esteem. God esteem. All right, self-esteem is very relative. It's it's dependent on your surroundings and your circumstances, the year, the season, the day even, but God esteem is absolute and it is unchanging. And, and so I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. Here's, here's the, the big idea that if you hear nothing else, uh, man, you can fall asleep after this, this line, okay? But I want you to hear this. Here's the thing that you need to know and understand about yourself this morning, is that you are God's masterpiece, you are God's masterpiece. In other words, you are, you are like the newborn in that picture. That God created you and man, he, he held you in his hands and he gazed at you with wonder and with love and with purpose and with dreams for all that you would become and all that you would do with your life. You are God's masterpiece. And and God tells us this in no uncertain terms in his word. And so I'm gonna, I want to turn to Ephesians chapter two. We've been in Ephesians a lot, but man, what an incredible book of the Bible. Ephesians chapter two, and, and we're going we're gonna to look at or focus in on one verse, Ephesians chapter two, verse number 10, and just, just to kind of set the context for Ephesians 2, An incredible chapter where it talks about how we were dead in our trespasses and sins and we walked according to the course of this world. But God, who is rich in mercy, he he intervened because of his great love for us. And he made a way through Jesus for us to experience freedom and forgiveness. And verse number 10 is the verse we want to hone in on. Paul says here, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so what we're going to do is I just want to, I want to unpack this one verse this morning. There's at least three big ideas, only three that we're going to talk about today. But, but I want us to understand what, what Paul is saying here to us, because it's so important if we're going to discover our shape, how God has created us to live and to serve. And so the first idea that we see here is that, just what I said a moment ago, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10, he starts by saying, for we are his workmanship. All right, so that word workmanship, let me me work that for a minute, all right? So that could be defined or it's translated in other translations as masterpiece or also handiwork. So we are God's masterpiece or God's handiwork. The the Greek word that, that we get this word workmanship or masterpiece from. I want to put it up on the screen here for you. I don't typically drop Greek words on you, but this word is uh, this word on the screen. Poiema. Okay, this is it's pronounced poiema. Can you see any English word that we might get from that? If if you actually type it in on your phone, it's going to autocorrect you and it's going to tell you what I'm talking about. The word is poem, poem, which means, it literally just means a thing of his making or a work of art. And so I want you to, to think about this for a second. I just want you to let this like sink in, that you are God's masterpiece. You're a thing of his making. You're a work of art. Like, would you ever describe yourself as a work of art? You might say, well, I'm a piece of work, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know about a work of art. But God says, you are, a, you are my masterpiece. You are my work of art. And what this tells us is that God is, is working on us. You know, we talk about being a work in progress. We're all, you know, a work in progress. But what's more encouraging, what's most encouraging, is that we're a work, His work, in progress, that he is forming us and shaping us and, and molding us that we are his workmanship. And I think of the, the, the image that we see in, in the Old Testament, uh, specifically in Isaiah chapter 64, verse eight, we see that this image of the potter and the clay, Isaiah 64, eight says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And I love this imagery because you see the the potter and he's molding and shaping the clay. And so we have a part in this where our, our role is to simply be pliable and to allow him to shape us and to put his hands on us and mold us into what he wants us to be. Because you know a piece of clay that is stiff and hard. Man, it doesn't, it doesn't get shaped very well. But we are his workmanship and we are the work of his hand. Charles Spurgeon, the late great Baptist preacher said, our new life is as truly created out of nothing as were the first heavens and the first earth this ought to be particularly noticed, for there are some who think that the grace of God improves the old nature into the new. It does nothing of the sort. What he's saying here is we're a creation of God, just like the heavens and the earth. And it's not like his grace, it's not like he sprinkled grace on our you know, sinful old nature and, and improved us and made us better. No, he says he created us. He made us a new creation, Second Corinthians uh, Five seventeen says that we are brand new that we are work of his hand. Uh, Pastor Eric Rees said this also: God does not create anything that does not have tremendous value and enormous potential. Everything that God creates has tremendous value and enormous potential and, and going counter against what our world would say is, well, it's because you're special. No, it's not because you and I are all that or we're special. It's because the one who created us, the one who formed us and fashioned us is God. And so every work of his hands, man, there's incredible value and tremendous potential found within every one of God's creations. And we are God's masterpiece. And so, man, if we could just stop there this morning and just let that sink in and soak in the rest of this day and the rest of the week, man, we'd be so doing so well. You all know me, I'm not gonna stop there, right? We still got some time to go. But we are God's masterpiece. And let me, let me expand on that as we look back at Ephesians 2, verse 10 it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so the second big thought I want us to see here is that we are saved to serve. We're saved to serve. He says, We are created in Christ Jesus. This is speaking about our, our spiritual birth. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Let me say it a a different way here. We're saved for good works, not by good works. And I want to take a moment here because different ones of you are in different places in your spiritual journey. And so you may hear this word saved and, and may have questions about that. What we talk about when we say being saved, we're talking about the fact that we as The creation of God, we have sinned and we are separated from God because of our sinfulness. He is a holy God and so we can't come into his presence with our sinfulness. And so God in his great love and mercy came to us in the person of Jesus, died on the cross, took our sin upon himself so that if we would put our faith in him, he would forgive us and remove our sin from us. He would save us. From an eternity, separated from God, because of our sin, and so we are saved for good works, not by good works. in other words, you may understand this language with every cause there is a what an effect right okay let 's go into the, the the plant or vegetation world you don 't have fruit unless you first have. A root, right? You have root and then fruit. You have cause, then you have effect. Spiritually, there is grace that appears that saves us, and then there is good works that is produced. Does that make sense? Let me rewind in Ephesians chapter 2, the two verses directly preceding verse number 10 that we're looking at. Verse number 8 says this, for by grace, you have been saved through faith this is not your own doing it is the gift of god verse 9 not a result of what not a result of works so that no one may boast verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works and so we're we're not created by good works in other words And I wanna make sure I always say this because this is so important to understand the gospel, to understand God, is that we don't do good works, we don't do good things in order for God to love us and accept us. It's by his grace, this free gift of his love. He loves us because he loves us. And he offers us his grace and he redeems us and he rescues us, not by our good works, but so that we can live and walk in good works. You see that? We're saved to serve. You were made to make a difference. You were made to make a difference. You were made to serve others. You were made to strengthen others. You weren't made for your own pleasure, your own enjoyment. Man, you were made to serve God and serve others. And so the question might be, well, what is the purpose of of serving other people? What is the purpose of serving? And I want us to look at a couple verses that we'll, we'll look at again next week. But 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And this is, we'll hit on it in a, in a few minutes, and then we'll talk about it more fully next week. This, this passage is specifically talking about spiritual gifts, the way that God gifts every single one of us. And he says in 1 Peter 4, verse number 10, as each has received a gift... And so God has gifted every single person that belongs to him. He he gives us these gifts. It says, use it to do what? To serve one another. God gives us gifts to serve one another. And here's a phrase that I want us to, to catch. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength That God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And so, what we see here is that God gifts us not for our own benefit, but to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You know what a steward is? A steward is somebody who manages the, the property of the belongings of someone else. And so what we're told is that God gives us his grace, we receive his grace, and now we become stewards of his grace. In other words, we manage it and we dispense it. When we serve other people, what we do is, is we, we become dispensers not just receivers, we become dispensers of God's grace. We put on display what God looks like, what God in the flesh looks like when we serve other people. We minister grace to other people. We, we're good stewards. Right? So the reason we're to walk in good works is not so that we feel good about ourselves, although that, that, does, that is a byproduct of serving other people. We feel good. We don't serve others to feel good, we serve others, we do good works so that we can be good stewards of the grace that he's given to us. We dispense, we pass along the grace that we have received so that people can be served like Jesus has served us. That's the purpose for serving, it's to glorify God as a steward of his grace. And here's here's one of the misconceptions for the, the average churchgoer, all right. The the misconception is this, or the myth is this, that that I can't make a difference in other people's lives unless I'm in full-time vocational ministry. All right, and maybe some of you have thought that I have to be a pastor or I have to be a church worker, I have to be in full-time ministry if I'm gonna really make a difference. Man, I couldn't be further from the truth because the truth is that every single follower of Jesus every believer is called into full-time ministry and what that means is that your life every single day is to be a life of ministry of serving others to minister literally just means to serve and so we're all called into full-time Ministry. Let me give you a, a, a little quick theology lesson here. And I like to try to bring theological terms into layman's terms. There's a term that we believe, a, a doctrine called the priesthood of all believers. And what that means is that, you know, in the Old Testament times before Jesus, there was a priest who was a mediator or a representative between God and man. And so this priest was the one who had access to God and his word. This, this priest was the one who served God. But because of what Jesus has done and being our mediator, he has given us all access to God. And he has given us access to his word. And now we can, we can, we can serve God. We are priests. We are all priests. Royal, uh, royal priesthood, Peter tells us. So we're priests and we all have this ministry to serve other people. It's not just for the, play, the paid clergy. All right, I hate that term, but i got to break it out every once in a while because you understand it. We're all called to serve and to minister to others. And so we're God's masterpiece. We are saved to serve. And then this third big idea here is that we are shaped according to plan we are shaped according to plan for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And then this last part, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are shaped according to plan. In other words, God had a divine blueprint in mind for you before you were even born. God had a divine blueprint in mind before you were even born. You know, this past week uh, was my daughter's birthday, one of the gifts that we got her was a, a brand new bike. So we've been doing this little thing of taking bike rides through our neighborhood together, all right? And And I've mentioned this before, but we're in this development just down the road where there's all these new homes popping up left and right. It's like, man, you wake up the next day and there's another three homes. You're like, oh my goodness, they're everywhere. What used to be uh, trees and grass is now dirt and pavement and these frames of these homes, you know, foundations and frames and all this popping up all over the place. So Blake and I have been taking these bike rides through the neighborhood and I'm just kind of checking out these new homes and, um, you know, the these new um, cul-de-sacs that are being formed. And you're just, you're imagining all these things that are to be popping up here over the next few months. And uh, I snapped a picture of one of these homes, um, you know, because we keep going by these. And I'm so curious about these. This is just one of them. Um, and, you know, in our in our development, there's um, all these different homes and we're looking at these new homes going, oh man, I wish our house had that and I wish that the people had this built, did this to their home and oh, I like that color and all these things going on, right, with these different homes. And although we're in a neighborhood in and in a you know development where there's only a limited number of like floor plans, you know, there's only like four or five or six or whatever, um, there's like endless ways to customize these homes, right? And every single home, Uh, has a very specific and unique location or address. And you know, no plot of land is the same. And you know, once a family gets in there, like they're going to bring a whole unique life to that home. And so every single one of these homes, not one of them popped up without some degree of forethought. Right? There was a plan. There was a blueprint in place and then these houses start being developed and so i just as i've 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 you know been riding through the neighborhood like this house now there's like you see a shower and there's tubs like starting to go in and you see like these these what was just a blueprint on paper is 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 coming to life and it's being birthed and and, and i think about that in, in in terms of of like our lives that that God is shaping us according to plan, according to his blueprint. Now, the reality is you may be at this point in your development going, I don't like this blueprint. I wish I had that blueprint, right? And that's easy for us to do. But here's the reality. You don't see the whole picture. You don't see the end design that God has in mind for you and for your life. But know this, make no mistake about it. God had a design for you before you were even in your mother's womb. That he knew what this frame was gonna look like and he had plans for your life. And and what we see in Ephesians 2.10 is that God marks out for each one of us beforehand the particular Good works that he's going to call us to walk in. And, you know, the scriptures use this phrase "walk" is usually referring to our lifestyle or how we're. It's it's not a it's not one single step. It's a it's a continuation. It's a series of of movement. He refers to our our life as a walk of faith. But he, but here he tells us that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, and so we're created. For good works. And God, before before our birth, He he had marked out for us the particular good works that we would walk in, that we would live out. And so all of the the gifts and the passions and the talents and the personality and and the experiences that, that we go through, God is, He has shaped and is shaping us according to his plan for us. I love this quote that I saw in a commentary. It says that God both makes ready by his providence the opportunities for the works and makes us ready for their performance. God makes ready the opportunities, the good works he has for us, but he's also at the same time preparing us, making us ready for the good works that he has for us. So let me give you an illustration, like a personal one. It was part of God's plan for my life that I would would pastor Friendship Baptist Church. And so years and years and decades ago, God had this plan in mind for me. And so what he was doing was he was readying the opportunity at this church at this point in time for me to help lead this church. And at the very same time, as he was preparing the opportunity, he was readying me for that particular work that he was calling me to. You see what I'm saying? That this was part of his divine design and blueprint for my life. I had no idea that that development was going to take place in me, but God has been working and shaping me according to plan. And the same is true of you. And whatever God is calling you to, whatever those good works look like, he is shaping you according to plan. And I'd be foolish not to look at Psalm 139, an incredible piece of scripture. I just want to look at a few verses here. Psalm 139, starting in verse 13, the psalmist says this, a prayer to God. He says, for you formed my inward parts You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, which I am part of. I am your handiwork. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes Saw When no other eyes could see, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God, how vast is the sum of them. Man, I'm so blown away when I read that scripture and the truth that before you were ever formed, before before tomorrow exists, he's already, he knows. He has a plan for you and for me. There's a divine design and blueprint for our life. And God gives us a specific shape so that we can serve others. For the benefit of others, He gives us a specific shape to serve others. And I just wanna walk through these. I'm just gonna give us a a quick kind of summary of this. This is what we're gonna talk about the next couple weeks. But it's this word shape. It's it's an acrostic that was developed by uh, Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church in Southern California. So here's what it stands for S is spiritual gifts, H is heart, Uh, A is abilities. P is personality, and E is experiences. All right, so I want to just give a quick description of each of those, Uh, and and these are all in the sermon notes. If if you want to catch up with these later, you're not going to be able to write all this down, but let me walk through uh, what these are. Spiritual gifts first. It's a set of supernatural abilities that God has given you to share his love and serve others. All right, and this is, this is a big one. This is really the reason why I wanted to do this, this series because I feel like I, I talk about spiritual gifts here and there, or I drop that phrase, and I, I feel like sometimes there's like a deer in the headlights. Like, what does that mean? What is it all about? And so it's important that we kind of discover how God has gifted every single one of us. There's supernatural abilities God has given us to share his love and to serve others. H is Heart. The special passions that God has given you so that you can glorify Him on earth. What has God given you a heart for? It may be a specific um, group of people or a specific season of life, or, or there's all kinds of things that God may have given you a passion for, but He's given that to you so that you could serve others and glorify God. A stands for abilities. The set of talents that God, has, that God gave you when you were born, which he also wants you to use to make an impact for him. So whatever you're good at, there's things that God has, has given you an ability or a talent to do, or maybe it's something that has developed that you've discovered in your life. Man, it's not just for you to enjoy. It's for you to serve others with, to make an impact for him. So that's A, abilities. P is personality. This is the special way God wired you to navigate life and fulfill your unique kingdom purpose. All right, every single one of us has a very unique personality. Um, if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody else, whether it's a you know a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, um, parent, child. Friend to friend, teacher, student, any relationship, you know that not everybody has your personality, right? You have a very unique personality. Every single one of us, God has wired us differently. And sometimes we can look at that as a bad thing. It's a good thing. God has wired you specifically to serve him and to bless and serve others. And so personality. And then E is experiences. These are the parts of your past both positive and painful, which God intends to use in great ways. You know, typically we will go through a painful experience and we're frustrated, we're angry, we're upset, we're hurt, and all rightfully so maybe, but God wants to use all of those experiences, positive and painful, to help others and to serve others. God wants to use those things. And so... Again, shape, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences. Those are all things that we're going to talk about over the next couple weeks. And so the question right now is okay, what's next? How are we going to take some of these things and, and apply them? Really, this whole series is meant to be highly applicable because. We want you to, to discover or maybe further uncover. Maybe you have an idea, maybe you feel like you understand how you're put together. We want to help every single one of us discover, dig in, learn more about how God has put us together so we could discover our shape and serve others. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to provide some personal discovery tools and, and tests to kind of help you uncover your shape. All right, so you, you received something or you had something on your chair that is kind of a, a, a personal inventory. Um, you can grab that, take that with you. Um, there, it's also available online. Uh, you'll also see a QR code and a website, friendshipwire.com slash shape. Uh, that'll take you to, the, the QR code will take you to that page. This is basically, and you don't have to do this now. Okay, I'd, I'd like you to put some thought into this. All right. Um, the, the, I'm not collecting the tests and I'm not revealing the results. All right. We're not grading each other's tests. This is just a personal inventory of where you are. Okay. And so three would, the, if you were to answer three, uh, I believe three should be yes. Two is somewhat. One is no. And so just walk through these questions on your own with the Lord and write down where you're at. My unique God-given purpose in life is clear. My spiritual gifts are being expressed. Okay, if you don't know what spiritual gifts are, then that may be a blank answer, or you may put one. Uh, My passions are being utilized for God. My passions, uh, that would be that heart aspect. My natural abilities are being used to serve others. My personality is helping me serve others. My purpose capitalizes on many of my experiences. My life is completely surrendered to God. My attitude and actions reflect a servant heart. My accountability to others is consistent. My schedule or my calendar shows how I'm investing in others. And the last one is my plan to fulfill my purpose from God is set. All right? And so what I want you to do on your own... After this morning is, is, is prayerfully and just kind of contemplatively go through this and, and answer those. And then tally up your total, add up the number, um, your total number there. And then if you go to that QR code or that website, you're going to see a couple different, um, you're going to get to see where you land, where you're at. And again, this is generalized, you know, just uh, to kind of help us to understand where we currently are at spiritually in in our walk with God, and then the next step would be, okay, now that I kind of know where i 'm at, well, where do I want to be well, what's the what's the next step for me? How do I grow? How do I move from this point on and that 's what the series is all about and so I, I just want to remind you again this morning, the big idea is this that you are god 's what his workmanship his Masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece, and every single one of us has a unique role to fill. And He wants to use each one of us to serve and to bless others and to dispense His grace. But we've got to discover our shape. If we're going to fully do that and be able to live in that and play our part with joy and passion. And fulfillment, and so, man, I, I hope that for the next couple of weeks you'll dig in, that you'll lean in, that you'll seek to discover, and be open and pliable to the Lord as He shapes you according to His plan. Amen. So, would you bow your heads? Let's pray together this morning. God, we're grateful that You are a God who knows us, that sees us. You see and know every single part of us, God. That before we were born, that You Man, before we were a glimmer in our mother's eye, man, we were in your mind and in your heart. And you are shaping us according to your purpose. And Lord, this morning, uh, we just wanna say that uh, at least I wanna declare this and I hope this would be the, the heart and the prayer of every person in here. But God, I, I pray that we would be a people who would be pliable, pliable, that we would allow you to, to put your hands on us and to form us and fashion us and shape us according to your plan for us and according to your desires and according to your divine design for us. And so, God, I pray that you would teach us in this series. I pray that we would listen and learn and be willing to um, discover the shape the way that you have and the way that you are shaping us because we want to serve you. We want to bless others. We want to dispense your grace to others in the same way that we've received it freely and richly. And so God, would you continue to, to do your work in us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? We're gonna to continue to worship.